Hey, Dan. What's up, Nick? What's going on? Oh, uh, you know, not too much. How about you? Yeah, yeah. Same, same stuff. Yeah. Over and over. <laughs> well, we've made it to episode four, so you know what that means. There, there's a good chance we make it to episode five. Yeah, every one it's closer to the one <laughs> after that one. Yep. And like once you've made it to five, you know, you're like practically established. Yeah, they start paying you, I heard. <laughs> I don't I don't know who, but somebody. Yeah, we get that internet money. We got to get some, uh, you know, Blue Apron ads up in here. Yeah, but if we start <laughs> getting ads, then I can't play any of these bands anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. We'll just make some fake ads. We should, yeah, we'll start selling our own stuff. I don't know. Uh... So we uh, just had like half of the conversation that we're going to have again, but uh, what, what are we talking about? Yeah, um, this week we decided we're going to discuss the idea of buying music versus streaming music and our thoughts on all that entails. Cool. Um, do you buy music? I... I buy music sometimes. When I do buy music, it's either like physical, like a physical record mm-hmm. or tape or something. Generally at a show or like there are a handful of bands that I'll always buy whatever they put out. I'll order it if I don't see them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I do occasionally, I'll buy I'll buy digitals on Bandcamp. Oh, yeah? But that's the only place I'll do it. I, I don't know when the last time I bought music on like iTunes or something like that. Right. I never do that. Sure, yeah. Does anybody do that? I do, like, do you know anyone who does that? I don't know if I know anyone who does that, but people out there do uh, yeah. that. I know people do. I, I guess I'm curious if, like, in our corner of the world, if people still I don't know. Think I about mean, that. I could look at an exploding in sound distro statement and tell you. Yeah. But I don't think a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then I stream. I just I just stream stuff. You know. Yeah. What percentage would you say of like the albums that you like listen to that you end up buying? Uh like physically. Oh boy. I so I didn't really use Spotify f- for a long time until maybe like the past year and I would definitely say before that I bought more things. <laughs> uh, more digital things at least it probably hasn't changed how many physical things I buy I generally the things that I end up buying are not the things that I've been like streaming sure the things I end up buying physically are almost always at shows cause like a touring band is coming through or something and I want to help out or like it's a yeah a convenient time to buy something that I do enjoy, but sure. I'm generally it's pretty rare that I go out and like. But you're not like pre-ordering anyone's album. Not often. It happens occasionally. It's yeah. I don't know when I like if I the times in my life where I've like make been making more money. Like I'll I'll like look at stuff like that and sure. go and try to do whatever I can. But when I'm already like not I don't know I you know can't afford to make my own music. Like there isn't a ton of Sure. Money to go around there, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know, but streaming, yeah, I guess that has affected the way I've bought things. Hmm. What do you, how do you feel about it? For me, I still buy a lot of music, um, like physical music. Yeah. I've, like, I kind of have, like, the principle, like, if I'm more than casually like it, you know, like, if it's an album that I can see myself listening to for, like, 
years and years. Yeah. I try to buy it. And, you know, not everyone can buy, like, all the albums they enjoy in a year. But, like, at the same time, like, it's all, like, so relative. Because, like, if you go out to dinner or you, like, go to a show and you buy, like, two beers. Yeah. (laughs) For that same amount of money, you can buy a record that you'll have, like, your whole life. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I buy a lot of records, but I'm, I've been trying to cut down to like, like just trying to make it so that like I have to really want it because I'm running out of like room to keep them. And I think Lauren, you know, she won't be too happy if I end up with like an extra 200 records. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do believe like pretty strongly in supporting the bands that I like by buying their record, and I, I even make like a point to try to pre-order usually because, as a label, I know that like, it feels real good to have a lot of pre-orders. Yeah, sets you up for some. You know, yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's weight off your mind as a label. Yeah so to speak i never really think about that i guess i'll often the times i'll pre-order are when like i'll pre-order for like the limited edition like you know first hundred oh yeah purple guys or some uh, shit like that i'll do that sometimes if it's something that i was that i know i was gonna get or i know i enjoy or i'm gonna enjoy anyway see despite the fact that we sometimes do things like that like as a label like yeah i could care less about like limited edition color vinyl but people do like it I don't particularly care, but it's like if it's something I know I'm going to buy anyway, that's the time that I'll pre-order as sure. opposed to like waiting for a show or Yeah, I or guess that whatever. makes sense. What if it's like because I've been in this situation recently where it's like the like colored version is like 2 or 3 dollars more than the black version. Huh. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. You go for the black version? Yeah, because realistically that I mean I guess like, are you making more profit off two or three dollars for the the colored stuff, or did the colored stuff just cost you two or three dollars more? Maybe you're making a little more, but it does cost more. Yeah. So it's yeah. So you and, might be making an the, extra like, buck or something. Fancier they the fancier the like color design right. is, the more it costs. Yeah. It's a yeah. It depends. I yeah. don't know. Maybe if it's some real cool swirl I've never seen before. Yeah. But I, I, I don't. I don't think that's happened. There are some cool options, but. Yeah, it gets it gets a little ridiculous. Yeah, I work at um, a, like a vinyl manufacturer, right? And I see like some labels that are doing really cool things, who are like that's like their whole thing is like they do these like ridiculously like special like records, and like they'll do like five different variants that yeah. are all like crazy effects, and it's like. You know, all the power to them if they can sell that. In in our corner of the world, I don't think you can get away with that. Like, the amount you end up spending, like, right. you're not making that back. <laughs> yeah, and I can't imagine it, it wins you over that. Like, I guess, I guess it's one thing if you can make that part of your branding or whatever. You know, people know that if you're putting out a record, it's going to look fucking sick. Yeah, it, definitely but... works. it definitely works for these labels that yeah. I work with, but, uh, yeah. It's not some it's not something that I personally like as a record buyer care about because like at the end of the day 
they all sound the same. If, yeah. if anything, the color ones sound worse. You think? Well, I mean, it's a debated conversation, but they do say that, like, some fancier, like, color variants, like, have non-fill issues where, gotcha. like, the groove isn't what it could be. Right. Um, and they, but, yeah, it's debatable, and it's also, like, a minimal thing. Yeah. But, like, if it's going to cost more, I'm just getting the black one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as far as sound quality, like... 90% of people who are buying the things are slapping them on like a $40 turntable from Best Buy. Like they're never. The, yeah, it's true. I don't know. It's great. I mean, it's great that people are still buying it, but it's like really unfortunate how, I don't know, the vinyl, vinyl and listening to vinyl is such like a sensitive process. Like you can't hear it right if you're only spending like 50 bucks. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And like certain players just don't really work. Yeah. Like, but. Yeah. Those are the ones that are like most commonly sold these days, unfortunately. Right. Like Crosley's. Oh yeah, yeah. Are those the ones that what are the ones that like those look like, like an little, antique like, suitcase? Box, like an yeah, old radio. Like, like the suitcase oh, okay, ones. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are bad. Those things don't work. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you release records and you are listening to test presses, for the love of God, oh, don't boy. use a Crosley. Yeah. And like those like shitty shitty needles like ruin vinyl oh yeah yeah like those plastic needles have you ever seen those i no not in particular but <laughs> yeah i mean even like i have like a decent i have like my dad's turntable from the 80s i'm sure yeah. it was fancy back then which i guess is when that it's, it's probably a nice turntable but I, i'll get like 40 dollar cartridges for it because the cartridges alone are like a hundred bucks to get um, the really nice ones yeah and I think they don't ruin anything, but I like I read up on this for a long time, and apparently the the like real cheapo stuff will just it just wrecks your grooves like huh. very quickly, and the record like will deteriorate quicker. Yeah, I think the main effect is you just lose highs high frequencies from the record interesting pretty quickly. But I who knows again. I don't have are, a fancy setup, but I, it's not like the worst setup. Yeah, it does what it needs exactly. Um. Yeah. But, yeah, so that being said, I still do buy a lot of records, but I don't, I almost never buy digital music. Yeah. Like, I still download a ton of music illegally. And, well, also luckily because of Post Trash, I get a lot of music <laughs> sent to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, like, the way I, like, justify that is, like, I download music illegally because... You know, I want to know if I like it, but then if I do like it, I'll I'll buy it, and if yeah. I don't like it, it wasn't meant to be. So like, I'm guessing it's stuff you I can't delete it, find and a then stream like for. I've done. No, I actually just download as opposed to stream. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it makes it any better, but I don't keep like what I don't like. Yeah. And what I really like, I buy. So, I mean, I guess it's if you're, yeah. It, I don't know. Maybe it's wrong, but it's the justification I've come to. I, I mean, I think there's a consensus globally that it's fine to listen. Like you should be, you should have the right to listen to something before you buy it, sure. which is kind of weird. Music's the only. It's music's the only art form like that, right? I mean, like. Visual art, obviously, I guess you can see it in some way if, before you were to, like, purchase a 
print or a, an yeah. original or something. But like movies, TV, I don't know. You have to. There's some threshold there. Yeah. Where people are still like, well, yes, obviously I cannot just watch this movie to decide I mean, I if I like it before I I guess you could say that you're like watching a TV show and then like you decide if you want to like buy the DVD when when that was a thing, not that yeah. that really exists anymore. Yeah, that's true. But like even TV like... But it's not the same because you are paying. You're paying either either through the ad revenue generated by you watching TV or for your cable or whatever, Hulu, whatever it is. Like you're paying somebody. Yeah. They're, I mean, not necessarily, but like the vast majority of people, I think, are watching TV in a legitimate way. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, all that's to say, to me, it sounds like what you're doing is in line with the values of music that we've all like kind of agreed upon whether everyone had a say in that or not but like that's what i mean i guess sometimes i'm like depriving that band of their like fractions fractions of pennies but but it's one it's one time and then if you're listening more you're you're paying for it so i feel like that's yeah that's you you literally might be it's not like you're it's not like you're illegally downloading it and then just only listening that way and never putting money into the system or or paying anybody like if you were to be doing that then you might be robbing somebody of fractions of pennies many many times but you know when it's literally one time you're you literally might be taking i don't know a tenth of a penny from them one time yeah i give back in other ways yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know like if i get not i mean that not to try to equate the value of like music to press but like if i get an album sent to me by like a publicist right that i then like keep you know and but like we review it then like does that have i like paid off that if i were in a band i wouldn't there's no quantifiable way to say that but like at the same time like if a publicist sends me a record and I like put it up on our review list and we don't review it, like I didn't ask, I didn't say like, Hey, we're going to review this. Can you send it to me? Like if it just comes, then like, I don't know. I don't feel guilty in keeping that record. Are you, are you listening to it a bunch? (laughs) I could be. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, like, the review list for Post Trash, like, because we just keep, like, a running list, and then it's up to the, uh, like, contributors to select, like, what they want to review from that list. Right. The list is, like, 400 albums long. Yeah. But, like, we probably only review, like, like a tiny fraction of that, because the rest of it just doesn't get selected. But, like, that's not necessarily on me. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah. Like, if if I were in a band and I knew that my record was being sent out a bunch, I would never expect to see, like, I would never expect to see you pay for that record in that situation. You know what I mean? But but maybe I should. Maybe I should. Now you have me thinking that maybe you should be paying for it. Well, (laughs) if you're listening to it, I mean, if I like it enough, I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah. Well, then fair enough. I mean, again, like, the the status quo is like that you can listen to anything without with just a free Spotify account. You can listen to it a bunch of times, and then if you just, it's up to you to decide whether there's enough value to pay for it. Yeah, and I think like even with all that being said, like 
I am still like a like a vast minority of someone that spends as much money as yeah. I do buying music. So like I may consume more like more albums as a whole rather than listening to like the top 40 single a million times like sure. I'm consuming more music in like a in a quantity like I may listen to like 20 albums a week. Right. But uh like 20 new albums that I've never heard in a week. But like there the maj- the like wide wide majority of people like the idea of buying music is like a foreign concept. Yeah. Like I have friends who I grew up with who are like, you know, like dear friends of mine but like have nothing to do with the music industry or like in any sort of way, like they don't listen to like DIY bands. They don't, you know, like right. they're just not part of that world in the slightest bit. And like, if you ask them, like, when's the last time you bought music? They'd be like, what do you mean bought music? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exist. Yeah. And what you were saying, you were kind of getting at this before, I think, but like this, the, as far as like value in entertainment, like the money you spend on music is probably going farther than, any other money you're spending on movies or dinner or a show or whatever. Oh, absolutely. So you have it for a lifetime, and I don't, I don't know whether you will come back to it or not. Like, I would say a lot of people would. But you, it's not like a movie that you'll spend easily as much, if not more, on than, like, a, a vinyl record these days. You'll literally see it once. You're never going to watch that movie. I mean, maybe you'll watch it on Netflix in 10 years, but you're never going to watch You're never going to. Yeah, it's true. Consume it and again it's like in the a same one-time way. experience. Like exactly. that like eating food. Exactly. Like you can go out with you know, like you and someone else to dinner and spend like fifty bucks yep. easily. And it's it's all gone. And, yeah. And then like, you know, the next day, like you don't have that food anymore. But like if you you could buy a couple, like two, three, four records for fifty bucks. Yep. And yeah, like, and then you've supported the artist and you have that music. And, like, you know, not everyone wants it because, you know, not everyone wants, like, a bunch of records in their home. But, like, for people that do listen to music and, like, go to shows and stuff, like, it's still the best option. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's strange. And at the same time that music holds that high of a value, it's also just been, like, its value has just been crushed more than any other art form like it's you like you're saying you can literally still go and get it all for free if you want you could also pay ten dollars a month and basically still get it all for free like you have access to literally all of the music in the world for ten dollars a month yeah That's insane yeah and on on like the whole idea of like the value of like music compared to other yeah. like mediums the other day i was having a conversation uh about like who do you think is more famous? And I picked like just randomly like the most famous athlete I could think of and like the most famous like movie star I could think of. And then I was like, do I include the most famous musician I can think of? And then I was like, no, they don't compete. Yeah. Like even at that level, like. As far as people, sorry, what was your question? Like who do you think is more famous? Yeah. Like which isn't something you can really know. No, but but like, like, let's say you take like Michael Jordan and like, the the example was Michael Jordan or Brad Pitt, just because I figured he's one of the most famous actors. Yeah. And then, like, even if you throw in, like, say, like, Beyonce or Madonna, 
Like, I still don't think they, like... You don't think so? I don't think so. Like, global, like, name recognition? Or, like, what... I don't yeah, know. Like yeah, like... Glo- that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like that's probably hard to quantify, but I, I think I yeah, get Yeah, there's your, no real way of knowing, no, but... But I get your point. And also, like, the number of athletes and movie stars that are up there, it, like, globally recognized oh, as just famous like the people... the number is yeah, way higher. it's got to be hundreds. Whereas, for sure. Whereas, for musicians, at any given time, it might be... I don't know. Yeah, like 30. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And But, yeah, so I posted like a little, uh, just out of curiosity, I posted like a little Facebook poll like with those two. Yeah. And Michael Jordan won by like 83%. Nice. <laughs> which like I still don't know. Like because, and someone's like, there's like a little kid in China who like knows who Michael Jordan is, but like maybe. I mean, chi- yeah. Who knows? He's been retired for a while. I mean, they made me know about, like, Air Jordans. Yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a quantifiable thing, but, like, the fact is, like, music is definitely considered, like, a lesser art than, like, movies and sports. Yeah. Or a lesser entertainment, because sports is not art, but... Yeah. Yeah, I guess entertainment versus art is a whole other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, music. That's and, another episode. Music and film, like, yeah, it's two different worlds. They 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 got their foot in their foots. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> should we play some? Should we play some songs? Yeah, let's play a song. This uh, first one is by Eerie Wanda, and um, their new album is coming out um, January twenty fifth on um, Joyful Noise. It's a great band. This is the second single from the album. It's called Sleepy Eyes.
sounds i mean not really everything's i don't know it gets pretty wacky at the end yeah yeah up until then i was gonna say like the instrumentation is very simple but like still cool i like to like stereo percussion stuff going on yeah and i like the way that it like slowly like brings things in but like it stays pretty minimal even as it does yeah 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 it's really cool they're from the netherlands oh and apparently like it's like led by um one person whose name is, I don't know her last name, but Marina something. <laughs> and she, and like the album, or, you know, as the press release goes, yeah. the album was uh, like written basically all about like seclusion and isolation sort of. And like to capture that like vibe, like all the members who live in like, kind of scattered different places in the Netherlands. Like, everyone, like, recorded by themselves, and it was, oh. like, put together. Cool. Which, yeah. I like that. It's, like, a cool idea. Yeah. And it, like, worked. Like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound, like, disjointed like that. Did they? Do you know if they wrote in that way? Or, like, were they writing their parts as they were recording? I don't know. Like, do I, they I ever that, get together? I know that she... It? She is, like, the primary songwriter, so I don't know, like, how much of it is, like, written before, like, the other members, like, do their thing. Right. Um, But I'm sure they get together. They just didn't for the recording process. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. And see that, I got a free digital copy (laughs) as, you know, as a member of the press. Let Dan know. And I will fully be buying a copy of the record. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yep. yep. You're probably one of the rare people that does that. I mean, it's a good record. I, yeah. You know, I mean, as I'd some, like to support it. One and, of the rare people who gets sent, uh, like, promo copies who then goes out and... I wonder, because the people who are music writers also are, like, huge music nerds. Yeah, I guess that's true. I yeah. bet it's not super uncommon. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. That's encouraging. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, look at it. Like, no one is in music writing for, like, fame and fortune. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're in it because they love music, even regardless of where it is they write. Right. And so I do probably think that, 
music writers spend a good amount on buying music. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping they come to the U.S. I'd like to see them live. It seems like it would be cool. Yeah, that just came out? Uh, It's coming out it's, oh, you on said. the 25th. Right, right. So very soon. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and that's on the same label like we talked about in episode two, uh, Joyful Noise that put out like Tropical Fuckstorm oh, yeah, yeah. and all that like Rob Crow stuff. Cool. Such a great label. Yeah, that that fits my image based on the way you described it, I guess. That's that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm still just thinking about how $10 a month is crazy. <laughs> well, tell us more about it. Your thoughts on it. I don't, I mean, well, I was telling you this before, and, and after I did the math, I don't actually, I got to reconsider how I feel. But basically, like, like the way I, the way I envision, like, an egalitarian streaming service working would be, like, my $10 gets evenly split amongst the people that I'm actually listening to. But we, we so, basically... So what Nick is getting at is, like, if he only listens to five songs, then that $10 is distributed evenly on those five songs. Or, so like, like, my $10 after the whatever, like, the, the necessary cut that the service is taking, like, whatever's left for the artists is going to those five songs, those five artists. Right. And what I... My thought on that, while I, you know, I like that idea, my thought is that that money is being allocated in like many different places because like the subscriber i i don't know this for a fact this is just my thoughts but that the the people who pay like subscriptions to things like spotify or apple music or whatever that like their money that they're spending per month is also being allocated towards the revenue the streaming revenue that goes to like the music played by people who are listening for free yeah i mean my idea admittedly breaks like every existing streaming service model it doesn't i'm not saying that any existing service could like feasibly adapt to what i'm describing but like i think in a fairer world for artists getting paid for like people listening to massive amounts of music for dirt cheap, you should at least be getting paid from the people who are listening to your music. And in that world, I guess probably... But well, you are getting paid from the people who are listening to your music. You're just not getting paid more. Like it's not, it's not that you're not getting that money. It's just like... It kind of is, though. Like when you think about it like this, like let's say you listen to that Iriwanda song once, yeah, in a for the month, and it's the only thing you listen to, right? You just listen to one song and then you don't use it again sure. all month. Like you think they should get ten dollars for that one stream? Uh, it, or you know, minus yeah, whatever. That's, that's what I'm saying. I again, I yeah. So the thing that kind of broke my own idea here was that we were talking or it it doesn't exactly break it but we were we figured out how many songs in a month dan listens to basically and it was like 1800 and at that number uh it basically comes out to pay it, everybody would get paid even less if if the if it's ten dollars a month uh everybody would get like 
whatever it is, 0.005 cents a stream yeah, instead of 0.006 to 0.08 or whatever the Spotify range is. But uh, I guess the the underlying problem also is just that $10 a month for unlimited music is just completely absurd, which I'll just keep saying here. Right. Uh, yeah. But like, wh- I mean, I don't know if this exactly proves this, but like it's also well published that Spotify doesn't make money doing what they do. Like they're trying to grow like some big fucking platform, you know, instead of like actually creating a vessel for artists to create and get paid and like interact with people. They're, they got their own thing. Right. But then what do you, what do you think about the fact, because on the opposite end of the spectrum, Bandcamp, like our, attempting to create a platform where the artists can actually connect with fans they have direct reach to yeah, yeah. to their fans and you know it's great in that sort of hands-on way where like you know it, it sort of puts like the distribution power like into the hands of the artist but like you don't artists don't make any money for streaming from Bandcamp yeah uh yeah, I, I'm curious to to know like what the uh, rate of people buying things after streaming things on Bandcamp is, or like it, you know somebody has the numbers. Bandcamp must have the numbers on like whether yeah, that's like an effective version. Yeah, to sales exactly. Uh, but I don't know from from the perspective of every band I've ever been in, Spotify is also free streaming. Like the the I, you're saying we we talked about this for a minute earlier and and I do know other bands as well that like do make uh, some amount of money on Spotify streams and it is like it can add up and it can be a chunk of your monthly income or whatever but that point is kind of far removed in my mind I guess so like the difference between Spotify's like negligibly paid streaming and Bandcamp's free streaming is uh, pretty abstract to me I'll say that yeah. But I also, I talked through this a long time ago uh, with uh, one of the guys from Grace Kelly all day at a, at a bar. We were hanging out. I was working on their record. And uh, I was just kind of like talking through what I was, what I was thinking. But uh, I really want Bandcamp to have like some kind of like, they, they do subscriptions now, right? Where an artist can offer all of their music for like a dollar a month or something like that. Oh, it's not like a... You can like download it all, and it's usually at some like huge percentage off. Like, download so and so's whole catalog for like thirty percent off. What it would cost to like buy each one? I thought there was something where you paid. You could you could set up a thing where your fans pay so much a month, and then they get everything that you put out in that amount of time that they're paying for it. Like if you're dropping a new song every week or something, they they get that stuff. I could be wrong about this. Oh, I, I thought they did I don't something know like about this. That. All right, regardless, that's not really my point, but. Uh, I would love it if they offered some kind of thing where you could create like micro streaming packages where like you and like 10 other bands in your world, your friends, whatever, like your small scene bands you randomly hear about across the country who you have like something in common with, whatever, can just like create a little package and be like, this is whatever, five bucks a month, you get access to all of our music, like things like that and create like one, it's like artists packaging themselves in like a creative way as opposed to some company like... I don't know, arbitrarily setting a number and then you have to put all your music on there because they're in control. <laughs> or like, I, I don't know. It, it. I feel like something along the lines of that would open up a lot of possibilities. 
I mean, they they do kind of have that with like being able to sell like your whole catalog. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I think the ability of of grouping oh, like of other, artists, other uh, artists, letting themselves group themselves together. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and then offer cool. that as a little package. Like a label could just be like could just package all of their artists together. Be like our music is whatever. But that's what I'm saying. Labels can do that. Like where you can buy like a whole label's like digital catalog as one purchase. Gotcha. At like a discounted rate. I guess I'm thinking about this as a streaming service and not as a download because oh, I, I think yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like sh- whether people like it or not, it, like streaming is what's going to keep happening, and people don't. People want it all to just be accessible on their phone all the time, and not to have to download and manage files and whatever all that shit that you have to do if you do yeah. a digital download from. But Bandcamp. with Bandcamp, like if you do buy a record, you get that like digital download on your phone. Like, have if, you used if it? You're like a log. Have you used it before? Me personally, no. I've been trying to use it for years, and, and it doesn't every, work well. well. So they redid their app a little while ago. I haven't checked in a few months, but uh, yeah, I can't figure out how to make it download the things I own. It just always tells me that the app is using zero percent of the store of the storage available to it, even though I give it like fifty percent of my available space or something. And it you're just, like logged in. I'm logged in. It shows me all my recently like all the things I own, all this shit. And then and if just, you click on it, you can't listen to it. I can stream it, but I can't. I don't know. It, maybe it's downloading it, and it's just not telling me. Like I can't find any indi- or I couldn't at the time find any indication that it was actually downloading the things that I owned. Well, that's what I think it is. Is that it? It's not necessarily like it's not putting those files on your phone. It's supposed so much to. as it's making like a streaming service where all yeah. your things are now available, like offline or whatever. So it's essentially downloaded. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, right, it's, right, okay, anyway, maybe it works now, I'll try it again, I'll get back to you, (laughs) but at the time, it was not making them available offline for me, and, yeah, I don't know, Bandcamp also used to not let you, if you didn't own a record, you couldn't stream it on the mobile app, and now you can just stream anything on the mobile app, which I feel like de-incentivizes anyone to... But you probably can't stream it offline. Correct, you can't stream... Unless you own it, and then you can. Yes. So that's, isn't that what you're looking for? Yeah, I guess it is. But the free stream thing becomes problematic with that kind of model. Like, if Bandcamp were to position itself as more of a streaming service in the way that I'm talking about, I think the free individual, like, album streams becomes problematic. Oh. Anyway. Well, I'm glad that they don't do that. I don't know. That I, you're I glad like that Bandcamp. I do too, but I think the thing that that will hold it back is is the need like purchasing things on Bandcamp is a hassle. Like it only works it if you I don't know. It I for like I still have like a meticulously like crafted iTunes library that I started in like sure. whatever 2004, but I don't think many people want to deal with that. Oh. People want it to be managed for them. They want to be like they want to be able to offline things if like on the fly if they want to. They want to be able to get rid of it easily, and they want to just have all the artwork there and all. The, it need it. Yeah, they don't want the files and uploading them into the yeah. like iTunes, storing them yourself. Yeah, yeah it's I guess a, I don't understand that personally, but yeah, I, no, I, that makes I sense. also agree. <laughs> I'm on the same page, but I think yeah, for I'm sure. I'm down to like I, that's that was like how I grew up, you know. Right, Napster yeah. and shit, and then like putting yeah, it in my the iTunes. Next generation, <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't want files. They yeah. just want to stream. Yeah, but yeah, 
One interesting thing about streaming on Bandcamp is they do that, um, like, I think you can set it, like, as the person putting the album up, but, like, sometimes there's, like, records that, like, you can only stream so many times before they say, like, you can set when you it, have to yeah. buy this. But you can always X out of the you have to buy this. It's never... No, and no. Really? Some things you can't. Oh, okay. There's, like, albums that I've listened to so many times, even though I, like, own some of them or huh. even released some of them, <laughs> and they're, like... It's time to open your wallet or whatever that little I've message I've always says. been able to get away from that. No, there's some okay. some if it's like set at like 3 yeah. it doesn't matter. Like you click out of that but the song does not play. Oh, weird. Huh. Yeah. Well, which you know, maybe that I that's think that's cool. reasonable. Yeah, like you've heard it 3 times decide if you want it or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then it's yeah, it's got to be a platform like any change like that has to be platform wide because otherwise you just you're just you know, no artist is going to go out and make their music less available because sure in the current, are. well, some do, but like in the current climate, it's like if your music is less available, it's just going to get seen less. There's definitely artists and even like big record labels, maybe especially big I would record say especially. labels that put things on Bandcamp and then only have the singles available for streaming sure. because they want you like if you're going to, they either want you to buy it or if you're going to stream it to do it on something where they're making money. I think that's fair enough, yeah. But and then there's like other artists on yeah. the opposite end of the spectrum, like artists who like don't really give a shit about getting themselves out there who like will put up like a song or two because they just think like, well, if it's not on here maybe you'll buy it. And I don't know that that's true, but that's like people definitely think that. Yeah. I guess so. I guess personally the effect that has on me is like Oh, I don't know what these other eight songs are. Like, I don't want <laughs> But that's just me. Yeah. I don't know. There's a whole part of that conversation that we could have, but probably won't. Let's, let's play a song and then we'll see how we feel. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this next song is um, from a new Brooklyn band that I really love and I'm very excited about in general, like their EP and all they have coming. They're a great live band. They're called Narcissists with a G. Nice. Um, yeah, I really couldn't decide which song from their EP I wanted to play. And I don't think I picked the right one. But <laughs> this was like, I guess, their lead single. It's called We All Just Wanna.
wild. Yep. I feel like it's good to have like just a real good New York punk band going for it. Yeah. There's not enough of them anymore. Yeah, not too much. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Their whole EP like just has this like sort of vibe where they're either like talking about getting high or like, (laughs) you know, like, like kind of like lambasting like social statuses and like the idea of like you know everyone in new york having money or everyone looking like a another song like deals with like everyone being a model and just like these like ridiculous like stereotypes and they're kind of just like you know giving like a big fuck you to all of it yeah do they all work in finance i highly (laughs) doubt it no (laughs) you never know uh i mean i don't know them personally but judging by seeing them live i highly doubt it yeah cool (laughs) yeah they they feel very like real deal to me cool where'd you see them play um most recently i saw them this weekend at um rough trade which is sort of a weird venue for them but yeah they killed it i was curious if it was like a like a like dirty, a house, dirty show. house show or something cool. I don't know. No, I feel like they play a lot. They play like venues as much as anyone else. But yeah. Yeah. They've been getting like some great opening spot like slots recently. And I feel like, yeah, they play a lot of good shows and they're like primed for people to take notice. Yeah. All their songs are really catchy, but they're also like aggressive which is great because there's just too much soft shit out there. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's soft. I know. You got to amp it up sometimes. Yeah. It's also, I also just like, well, that's also why I was asking where you saw it. Cause like, I'm not like, I go to Alphaville for a show or something. I'm like, I don't, that's, I can't get in the mindset for like that kind of shit from like, Spending seven dollars on a like a beer and like yeah, rough trade is no different. Yeah, yeah, if not even more extreme. Exactly, but I don't know. At this point, the New York venue situation being as it is, yeah. like you you just got to see bands where you see them, and you can't take too much stock into that because there's like one good option. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, no, I know, I. I'm not like I wouldn't be discouraged if a if a band I was into was playing at a place I didn't want to go to necessarily, but I yeah, it just it must just stifle. Like you think they they must they would have a better time playing that kind of music somewhere that's not rough trade, I would assume. For sure. And I have been thinking a lot about how like certain bands like them like would thrive at like Death by Audio. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like just it, the show that I went to was like them, uh, Bambara, yeah. and a deer, a horse, and like that show, the same exact show with the same exact sets would just be so much better at a place like Death by Audio. Yeah, but you know you got to take what's available at, at this point. Yeah, it's a weird thing to say because like it felt it used to feel like you know with that and Shay and Silent Barn and. Palisades and you know all these places. Yeah, that like there were so many great choices available of places to play, and now it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's not great. There's still like 
I, you know, I don't want to hate on any venue because without them, we'd really, yeah, yeah. we'd really be fucked. But like, yeah, just a lot of what's left. It's it, all the legit it, places, and that just doesn't. They're legit, yeah. or they have like no vibe to exactly. them, or like no like, just like I don't know, like. Like with Alphaville, for example, like I don't mind seeing a show at Alphaville. I like it. It's yeah. fine. But like it has no feel to it. Exactly. And like as soon as like a set is over, everyone just walks out into the bar and it's like You're just in you a just different kind of world. feel removed from yeah. the show. It's like a very different feeling than seeing a show at like Shea. Yeah. Um The leaving the room is yeah, it's ex- I mean I guess it's just a lot of the places that do exist still doing shows, it's like a, it's just within a a bar in some way where like yeah, you're, there are two totally different sets of people inhabiting the same world for a night. Yeah, just a different feel than yeah, everybody being sure. in one place with like a common. But even thing. even if you like stay in the room, I don't know. There's just it's like again, know, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Like I don't I don't dislike Alphaville. Yeah. I enjoy going there, but like. It just has no like feeling. To I mean, it's it. literally just a white room. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a square room. <laughs> yeah, and you don't like. I don't know. Like the other ones had like their own like sort of personalities. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. Even when it is for the worse, like at least it has like a vibe to it. Yeah, for sure. But this is not the New York venue episode. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 we'll save that. Yeah, we'll save that. Here, Here's something I was thinking about in relation to our conversation about streaming is do you think, like, if streaming, like, if, if we, like, reverted backwards and streaming was not a thing, like, at all, mm-hmm. do you think it would be for the better? Uh, Or do you think even less music I, would be heard? It depend. I think it depends on what you revert back to, like, like... Yeah, you revert back to digital music and physical music, but not. But the internet is what it is today. Still streaming. Just literally everything is the same except streaming services don't exist. Yeah, so like people still can't listen to music unless they buy it. Uh, it wasn't that long ago when that was how it was. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. No, I'm not sure things would be. For the better. Do you think people would buy more music or it would the same people who buy music will and the other people just won't? No, because I don't think think Spotify competes with people buying music. I think it competes with people stealing music. Yeah. Probably. And that's the way it's going to be as long as it only costs you like $10 a month. I feel like there must be like some middle ground there where it's not where the price isn't. So, I mean, obviously they've figured out like what makes them the most money for a price point, but there must be some middle ground that doesn't scare off too many people from paying for a service and actually getting like a decent chunk of money to artists and uh, still keeps them from stealing stuff. As a musician yourself who does subscribe to Spotify, what like amount would you be willing to pay like for hmm. it as is? Like before you're like, ah, that's too much. Yeah. Um... Yeah. I mean like I would like to say 20 20 bucks would be an easy sell and 30 would be hard. Okay. I don't know. I yeah, it's tough to it's tough to figure out. And I definitely 
if I'm answering like that, I can't, you know, it, it blows up the chances of it working for the rest of the world. <laughs> but, uh, cause even then, like your argument of it still being like all the music in the world for 20 bucks, like is still, yeah, still dirt cheap, but, but like no one's going to pay like a hundred dollars a month because, but I think it's approaching you know, what a real music fan would, might spend on like music, like, like purchasing music yeah. in a month i think 20 gets closer to that 10 is just absurd 20 maybe for like you know the like avid music fan but like the casual listener is not spending 20 dollars a month on music uh i don't know i think it's been a long time since the casual listener spent anything yeah well yeah that's my point is that like there's no way that person is spending 20 dollars? oh no but, no but, i agree but the I casual agree. listener yeah. is still probably like you know, when you think about it, it's probably still like eighty to ninety percent of Spotify users. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah. It, yeah. I don't know what I'm arguing anymore, but I. Well, neither do I. Just sake of conversation. Yeah, yeah. But also, like when you think about on that same point, like how much do people spend on like cable a month? Yeah, people are crazy with that. It's like sixty, seventy bucks, I think, if you have like. Yeah. You know, channels. Or yeah, cable channels. See, I, I just steal TV. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's only kind of a joke. Uh, but I mean, like I've you know, I'll pay for like Netflix and shit. But that stuff is, uh, yeah, it's all about how much you're valuing that stuff. And and in general, everybody just like expects everybody. It's just all inflated to the point where people expect a ton of like media content at minimal cost. Cable yeah. is a weird thing but that I think people are still only okay with spending. Oh. I think sport I yeah, anyway. I have cable and we've like toyed with the idea of getting rid of it. But like I like watching TV shows as they air. Yeah, commercial as someone who like rarely does that anymore, commercials drive me fucking nuts <laughs> now. Yeah. Like I can't, it's ruined TV for me. Have you ever, lately uh, I, I'll, I'll work out of town a lot and I'll stay in hotels so I'll just be like watching cable. They, they're like speeding up TV shows at parts to like fit in more ads. This is like a thing. I, what? I like looked where it the up. show is like Yeah, it's real weird. There's rapid motion. <laughs> specifically like, I'll notice it in like the theme song and what they actually do often is like, they'll speed it up for half a second and then like, it like oscillates between fast and normal speed I've it's never really weird that. yeah uh but i was like i thought i thought it was just like shitty cable at one hotel and then it happened to me like three different hotels and i looked it up and i was like this is crazy i wonder if it's weird hotel like specific cable though it's possible they were all different hotel chains in different oh. states but uh, yeah i don't, <laughs> I don't know. know it might yeah but no no i mean it is apparently a thing that that cables the uh, especially airing reruns they'll just speed up just a tiny bit, just enough so that they can fit in like one extra ad or something. Anyway, we should probably keep uh, keep the music rolling here. All right, this next song is brand new. Um, it's by Oozing Wound from Chicago, a band that I really love, and I've been, I've been really anticipating their new album. Um, I don't want to describe what they sound like, but. We'll just go into the song. It's called <laughs> Tween Shitbag. Tween 
Bruising wound. That's exactly what I think of when I think of tweens. Tween shit bags? Yeah. <laughs> as, as, uh, yeah, not at all what I expected. That's funny. I like it, though. What were you thinking it was going to sound like? Uh, I have no idea, but it definitely just caught me off guard. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people call them like a thrash metal band, which I know the band themselves don't really appreciate. But it definitely has elements of that. But it's also got like sludgy aspects and like noise rock sort of aspects. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's like metal with like a DIY mentality. Yeah. I'm into that. Like, yeah. Like even the way like the band like sort of the way they tour and like their like general like online presence is not like the way you like perceive a metal band for the most part. Sure. Which I think is cool of them, you know, like they're making this music, but they're not like acting like a certain way, you know, they're just like being like, like the people they are. Yeah. There's some baggage associated with like being a metal band. Yeah. Like, (laughs) oh, how come you guys don't act like tough guys or like, you don't talk about like weird demonic shit. Like, (laughs) This that whole song's about like, you know, like not putting up with like the bullshit that like some indie artists get away with, and like yeah, I mean I think it's aimed at a certain band. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure which one. It could be many. Yeah, but yeah, just about like, you know, people doing bullshit and that oozing wound taking the time to call them out on it. Yeah, which is great. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, their new album is called High Anxiety, and it comes out in March on Thrill Jockey. Dope. And yeah, I got to hear the whole album over the weekend, and it's amazing. And yes, I will be buying a copy. And (laughs) you're gonna have to say it for everything. And I've bought the other three. Yeah. And yeah, we'll continue to give them my money because that band rules. It's it's just fair. Well, we've talked a ton. Should we just keep playing some songs? Sounds good to me. This next one I like listened to on a whim uh, the other day. It's a band from Australia called Vintage Crop. And as soon as I heard it, I was like in love with this band and realized they had two other albums and I spent lots of time listening to those. And uh, yeah, they're really awesome. They have a new 7-inch coming out called Company Man, um, which you can kind of already tell the sarcastic path it's going to go down. <laughs> um, it comes out this Friday. Uh, well, it'll probably be out by the time this airs. But it's on uh, Drunken Sailor, a really good like garage punk, post-punk record label from the UK. And uh, this is the title track from it.
I'm so into it. Everything about it. Yeah. I like the whole, like, sneering anti-capitalism vibe <laughs> to it. I'm, Man. I'm impressed by how many different uh, hi-hat patterns the guy does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all over the place. I like nice. It. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They remind me of so many, like, other bands in of that genre, like, that I really love, and it's kind of like a weird combo of them, and yeah. I'm very excited to have found them. Yeah. It's yeah, super satisfying when you find a band and you and there's a back catalog to dive into. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't happen that much. And then you're also like, how come no one ever told me right, about yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. I went back out of curiosity like on Twitter, like I put in like their name and their album name cuz they put out a full length last year. Yeah. And I was just curious to see like how many people I follow had tweeted about it, you know, that yeah, yeah. I just like missed. And there was like three or four. Yeah. You, but you yeah, blew like it. three or four tweets total. Like, oh, okay. I need more than that if yeah. I'm going to find out about this, you know? <laughs> Gotta have enough traction to get to the uh, tastemaker's ears over here, you know? Well, or just like, you know, because like one tweet, like, I'm not looking at it all day. Yeah, like, that yeah. can you easily yeah. never be seen. Yeah. Or I could have even seen it and like, had no reason to like click on it because I had no idea what it was and like if the post didn't like give me reason to like say hmm, what's this yeah but yeah you know never too late <laughs> and um yep their new EP is out uh this coming Friday but when you hear this probably now yeah probably last Friday when you hear this <laughs> Should we just keep playing music? or Yeah, what, do we just have one more? We have two more. Yeah, let's um, just go through them. This next one came out a couple of years ago, in two thousand, way back in 2017. <laughs> um, it's by a band called Grace Sings Sludge, um, which is, I believe, members of The Sandwiches. Who I'm not familiar with, but like that's I guess the most more known project. Okay. Um, yeah, without much leading, we'll just say uh, this song is called "Everlasting Arms." Worry me, worry me till I must be dead. Worry me, worry me till I must be dead. Worry me, worry me till there's nothing left. Worry me, worry me till there's nothing. Should be looking for something 
So stripped down. Yeah. But it's like still really interesting without yeah. like much going on. Yeah, yeah. What's is it guitar under there? Is that like a like a piano getting plucked or something? It's like so at the end when it kind of stuck its head out, it sounded like uh it was a piano ringing out. Could it was so be. so washy and reverbed, you know, or like whatever distant. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of like unique little subtle things going on yeah. that like give it its vibe. Yeah. I like I first heard them because someone like pitched me on premiering their single f- on Post Trash. Yeah. And I don't know like I think I probably decided to listen to it because I was like familiar with their label. Cuz like I don't I'm, I'll be honest, I don't open every email that, like, gets sent to me because I just don't have the time. Yeah. And if, like, it's, if I have no reason to, like, open it, then, like, I often don't. Yeah. But I was also intrigued by, like, the fact that the band is called Grace Sings Sludge. Yeah. And, like, it's not sludgy at all. Right. Like, at all. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I, like, it's, like, so interesting sounding, you know? Right. That like, yeah, I I got like kind of obsessed with the record and the like album as a whole is really cool. There's a lot of like weird stuff going on, but yeah. is the vibe all similar to that? Like sound wise, similar, but like some of the songs have like noisier parts that okay. like string through sort of. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. It feels like you're in their world, you know, or you're like getting sucked into a different world. Yeah, it doesn't say on the Bandcamp what instrumentation is being played gotcha but well, let's listen again yeah great band um or songwriter from san francisco and uh yeah we'll play one more song and um if you're still listening thanks for <laughs> sticking sticking it out uh we're gonna work on making these more evenly paced yeah yeah. So this last song is from a band from Toronto called Fond. Uh, they put out their self-titled album last summer on a Toronto-based label called Art of the Uncarved Block. Um, you know, the album Fond by the band Fond is not extremely easy to find on the internet. <laughs> But it's well worth your time, and they're a really cool band. And this is the opening track from their album. It's called Around the Bend.
right up my alley sweet right yeah the whole record's really good i love those guitar sounds yeah their their album's really cool lots of good interesting stuff going on in each song yeah um yeah cool i really like all six songs we played this week yeah solid week no garbage no stinkers this time yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) cool well maybe uh no stinkers no stinkers next week cross your fingers yeah, I mean, I like to think I like all the songs we've played so far, but yeah, this was a great week. Hell yeah. Um, hopefully you've continued listening and uh, join us next time and, you know, tell all your friends. Yeah. Bye.